set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. He wanted a cure. He found the creator. Chapter 1. The Plague An ocean of stars brushed against the vessel in waves, sending music tumbling into the cabin, carefree and jubilant. Enoch pressed his face against the panel, eager to start the journey. He settled into the cushioned seat, glad the ruby fabric didn't vanish beneath his touch, and gripped the golden rails until his knuckles appeared white. The dark expanse teemed with life, it swirled together in great systems, organizing, expanding, contracting, exploding. Surprised? The voice echoed through the chamber. Enoch nodded. Regrets? Enoch shook his head and laughed at himself, a grown man crying. Grateful tears blurred his vision as he strained to take in the view. He couldn't shut his eyes. Not now, not ever. I never knew there was so much. We are delighted to find you. Why me? That day you stepped out of line and demanded an answer? We knew. Enoch frowned. From that moment, you were chosen to be taken. The Year of the Plague, 639 B.C. Enoch squirmed as his ma cinched his hood tight. Her smile was bright, but her breath rancid. She coughed as much as she scolded. Be sure to stay near the other travelers. Yes, Ma. But not so near as to be a nuisance. Yes, Ma. And don't get yourself hitched up with those older scouts. I don't want your papa to have to fetch you from the woods like last time. But Ma, every scout worth his salt has to... Do as I say, Enoch. Her face was pale and her lips bluish. She stopped primping and leaned against the wall, wheezing. That'll have to do... Enoch helped her sit and filled her cup with water. And promise you won't be foolish. She hunched over trying to catch her breath. You're a seventh. Who knows? Maybe. Her eyelids fluttered. Don't worry, Ma. Enoch threw his sack over his shoulder and pushed the tent cover back, letting light flood into the dwelling. The favor of the ancient one is upon me. Enoch's pack was heavy, stuffed to the brim with his clan's offering. But his heart was light as he left the confined space and his mother's care. Normally his papa would have made the trek, but he was too weak and coughing like the others. The sickness came without warning. Must be some new sin, his father Jarrett said when Enoch finally got up the nerve to ask nearly six new moons ago. Enoch had joined the others, confessing his sins and everything else he could think of as his clan burned the sacrifice. Still, the illness raged on. Enoch skipped past the shelters and their little altars, sending pillars of smoke into the blue sky. The fires burned almost continuously now. The smell of incense filled the air, covering the stench of the phlegm and sweat. Every new moon, the elders had gone from tent to tent, burning even the grain to please the hidden father, covering all with ashes, questioning everybody, from the aged one, nearly 800 cycles old, to the youngling of 20 cycles or less, who has brought this stain? Was it you? They would say. News of Father Adam's decline and Enoch's resilient health came at the same time. 
Papa Jarrett was about to give their last ram for the slaughter when the elders noticed Enoch. His eyes were bright, his skin ruddy, his breath sweet and steady as he ran into the dwelling full of energy. This childling shows promise. He overheard the elders speaking to his father. I'm no childling, Enoch protested. I'm seventeen. Hush, boy. His mother pulled him away. Know your place. No sickness at all, the elder asked. Not even a cough, Jarrett said. Before the sun passed another shade, Enoch was paraded before his clan's elders as they poked, prodded, measured, and inspected him. A little on the small side, one said. Uh, not even seven feet. But within range, another said. He will gain full stature by eighteen, I'm sure. There is no defect. Unusual indeed, but the only option I see. The first elder shook Jared's hand. Send the boy Enoch. So his mother dressed him in his father's mantle to do the job of a man. Enoch ran downhill past the scouts, toting lifeless bodies to their final home in the valley below. It was full of piles, too. Little mounds of dirt as far as he could see, with little whirlwinds buzzing over each one. The Medici healer strolled uphill, lighting fires. The buzzing things hated fire. He dodged many people crying along the trail. He ran past their somber looks and streaked faces until he saw others like him, traveling with sacks on their way to the Seti of Adama. Enoch didn't like to think about where the people went when their bodies were buried in the red clay, so he imagined them floating away, high into the sky, away from the tears, away to somewhere different. He encouraged himself with the thought of new lands as he ran, swerving past the buzzing whirlwinds until he reached the final ascent to Adama. The path was full. He wished he could dash straight to the top, but he knew skipping would gain him a reprimand. So he stood behind an old woman, the last in line. Enoch scratched the ruddy mound on his flesh, smacked the flittering critter, buzzing round, and took a step forward. The throng wove around the hillside until it disappeared into the dwelling atop the mount. How much longer, you think? Enoch rubbed the flesh near the wound, trying to ignore the itching. Aye, it bet you did it. The aged woman waved at the swarm with her smoking rod. Enoch nodded and opened his palm. What is it? The squishy thing was intact but motionless. What does it do? she asked. It flies. Father Adam named it well. Enoch grinned and flicked it away. Here, rub that on it. The aged woman handed him a small green leaf and moved a space ahead. Didn't used to be many of those around. You younglings wouldn't remember. Enoch did as he was told. In moments, his skin returned to normal and the itching subsided. It's wonderful. He dabbed the leaf over his legs and arms. What's it called? She looked over her shoulder and whispered, Alru, just a tad now and give it back. Ain't much left. She stuffed the leaf deep inside her robe. You ask a lot of questions. The aged woman studied him from head to toe, but Enoch held her gaze steady. You're not much older than my own daughter. Where your folk? Too sick to stand. Enoch straightened his shoulders and puffed his chest so his blue banner gleamed in the sunlight. They sent me to stand for them, seeing how I just turned 17 and I'm a seventh son. That you are. The woman ran her callous hand over his sash and turned him from side to side. Finally, she seemed satisfied. A proud young scout too, I see. I'd be glad for your company. 
Enoch bowed low and offered his arm. At your service, mother. And you got honor, too, she grinned. Enoch was glad to get the woman's approval, but she was the one asking a lot of questions, especially about his father's, until he had recited his whole lineage from Jared back to Adam. He would have said so, but she didn't seem the type to be trifled with. Many pardons, mother, but when did the plague come to your... The aged woman kept right on talking. As I was saying, my daughter be a real fine, in training to be a Medici woman, too. How long you been training for the Neshpanel? He and the woman exchanged tales of their clans to pass the light. She mostly talked about her daughter named Dina, who was near mating age. The mother had a funny way of getting answers without giving any. But since the line had barely budged from son's birth, Enoch didn't mind. Kinsmen from the four corners were arriving continuously, skipping the rear, bargaining for a spot near the front, pushing him and the woman further behind. Enoch tried to be polite, but this was ridiculous. We'll never get to see Father Adam at this pace, he thought. Make way, boy! A brutish man, covered in pelts, yelled, jostling Enoch so hard he stumbled into the old woman. The man, his two wives, and four children bucked right in front of him and the aged mother. Hey! Enoch shouted. The woman cupped a hand over his mouth. Hush now, those be Cain's folk. We don't want no trouble. Cain's folk? What are they doing here? Enoch sat a little too loudly. The craggy man glared at Enoch. His daughter, a pretty girl with long raven hair, disappeared behind her mother, but not before waving at Enoch and giving him a shy smile. Enoch smiled back, wincing when the aged woman pinched his ear. Mind your manners. Great Mother Eve sent for their clan, seeing how Father Adam be getting the dark side of the sun. The burly youth next to the pretty girl wore Scout's banner, almost identical to Enoch's own, except his was crimson. Enoch nodded and gave him the scout signal. The boy hesitated, glancing at his father, still busy arguing with his wives. He returned the hand gesture when the craggy man wasn't looking and added a few more. Enoch sent another hand signal. Good thing you're new around here or I'd challenge your papa. Enoch flexed his skinny biceps, moved into the warrior stance, and scowled. The boy laughed so hard dimples protruded from his chubby cheeks. The two went back and forth, exchanging info with a sleight of hand as the line edged forward. Enoch learned the boy's name was Tubalcon, and the pretty girl was his sister, Nema. Nema didn't know the secret code. No real Nesh Pinnell would ever show it to a girl. So her brother whispered the translation every so often, which made her giggle. Aye, the day's sweeter with friends, the aged woman said. Enoch nodded, trying to think of something else clever to signal anything to make Nama laugh. Enoch thought he'd never seen something so beautiful as Nama's eyes when she smiled. The long wait seemed mere moments. The elder woman tapped his shoulder, looking annoyed. Time to gather your wits, boy. Enoch startled. They were just steps away from Adam's dwelling. The elders whispered in the old tongue outside the entrance, but not so low Enoch couldn't make out a few words. He winked at Tubalcon and gestured for him to eavesdrop, too. A petite girl, almost buried under a halo of sandy curls, sat at the foot of a silver-haired elder. She grabbed the old man's blades from his belt and flicked them against each other, pausing just long enough to gesture back. I will do. Enoch frowned and signaled the curly girl. I'm not talking to you. I was talking to him. Enoch pointed at Tubalcon. 
the curly girl gave Tubalcon the once-over, shrugged, and continued sharpening the blades. Who taught you Neshpanel signals? Enoch asked, using his hands. She put a finger to her lips and pointed to the elder. Listen. Did you find the vine? One elder asked the silver-haired man. No. The Medici searched the heart of the Seven Hills. Nothing. The trackers were sent to the edge. Perhaps they found favor. The elder stopped speaking when Father Adam coughed a hacking sound so loud those close by fell silent. Keep quiet about the Alru boy, the aged mother whispered. I might be needing it for myself. He's been like this for many sons, the silver-headed man said quietly. The coughing spell returned, louder this time, and with it a whooping ring. Father Adam tried to speak in between fits, but his voice was thin, weak, and his breath so labored it pained Enoch to hear him. Enoch gazed down the hillside. As far as the eye could see, tribesmen stood waiting for their moment, each for his turn to speak with first Father Adam one last time. He was surprised he hadn't noticed it before. Many of them were coughing, too. Enoch counted the people in front of the aged woman. Twelve more to go. He needs rest, the silver-haired elder said. We should stop. A wretched sound, loud and long, came from the dwelling. Adam gasped. The silver-haired elder rushed inside, pulling the curly girl behind him. Enoch stepped around the aged woman and peeked through the entry. Mother Eve was at Father Adam's side, rubbing his chest. She gave the signal to shut the curtains. Without thinking, Enoch grabbed the aged woman's hands and forced his way through, breaking the line in all order as he pushed past the craggy man and every elder. Wait! Enoch demanded, she has Alru. The elders waved them forward. The aged woman resisted Enoch, but when she met Mother Eve's desperate eyes, she bowed and gave her the tiny withered leaf. A gift for me, Father Adam. May the ancient bless thee. Mother Eve kissed the aged woman. Bless ye, daughter. She grabbed a steaming pot of water from the fire and snapped her fingers at the curly girl. Quick, boil it. The elders patted Enoch on the head and made as if they would show him out. Mother Eve held the steaming cup of Alru so her husband could drink. Enoch shook them off, grabbed the patriarch's hand, and squeezed it until his cloudy brown eyes fluttered open. Father Adam, what was the ancient one like? Enoch asked, pointing above. What did you see when you first opened your eyes? Enough, boy. The silver-haired elder frowned and pulled him back. Adam seemed to get a second wind. His eyes brightened. Let him pass. Mother Eve waved the youth forward, smiling. Let more enter. The silver-haired elder ushered Enoch to the stool by Father Adam and pushed the entrance wide open. He directed the descendants to come close and listen. The seven sons from all tribes were given seats nearest the patriarch. The craggy man pushed his son in the spot right next to Enoch. Enoch winked at Tubalcon. The boy grinned and winked back, eager to hear the tale. Father Adam seemed tired, but Enoch was excited. Were you afraid? What color was his eyes? Does he really look like us? Be swift to hear, son. Adam laughed. He is glorious. Adam began from his first memory of the voice, the light calling his name. He described the sound of the ancient steps, the tenor of the voice, the movement of his splendid robe, the joys of the garden, his mates first appearing. Father Adam talked on and on, his voice gently slowing, softly slurring, eyes closing, loved ones surrounding, until the room was full and finally 
Mother Eve's tears falling. Did he die? The curly girl asked. Not yet. Mother Eve dabbed her eyes and wrapped more covers over him. He is resting. We shall see what the new sun brings. Mother Eve bent down and hugged Enoch. That was a beautiful thing you did. Brave, too. She removed a gold-braided band still clenched in Adam's hand. This was made from the skins given to us by the ancient himself. Adam was planning to give it to a seventh today. But what of the other seventh sons? The craggy man protested. He hasn't talked to them all. This one be favored, the great mother said, draping it around Enoch's neck. Take it. She was already moving on, giving the elders orders. Make haste. Give the sickly ones a sip of brew until it runs out. Suddenly, Enoch was surrounded by tribesmen, slapping him on the back, congratulating him. Well done. You Jared's boy, right? Fool, the craggy man barked, slapping Tuwulkan as hard as he could. Why couldn't you do something like that? He ripped the boy's banner off his chest, threw it to the ground, and stomped on it. Some seventh son you are. The youngling's eyes filled with tears. A red welt appeared on his chubby cheek. The man's wives argued with the craggy man, pulling him to the side. Nema hid behind Tubalcon. Enoch felt his own cheeks burn as he picked up the torn banner and gave it to the youngling. Sorry. Tubalcon shrugged and turned away. The silver-haired elder moved as if he would confront the craggy man, but stopped when he was called to the entrance. A tracker has been spotted near the outskirts. Enoch overheard an elder whisper. The curly girl looked as if she might throw a dagger at the craggy man. Instead, she threw up a signal. Follow me. Why? Enoch motioned. She rolled her eyes and used her hands. To see some real Nashpanel? Him too? Enoch asked, pointing at Tubalcon. Not if he's afraid of the woods. I'm no coward. Tubalcon was huffy as he stepped timidly out of his father's view. The craggy man was now scolding the twin boys who cried in the folds of their mother's skirts. We shall see. The curly girl swiped Tubalcon's crimson banner and smirked as she stuffed it into her pocket. And you might be wanting this back. Enoch grinned at her sauce. The curly girl was already heading toward the back. What's your name? Enoch asked. Tafara, daughter of Seth, she said, pointing at the silver-haired elder. Can I come too? Nama whispered, catching up. You hate the woods, her brother protested. No, I don't. Stay with mother. Please. Nama looked panicked. Don't leave me with. Fine, Tubalcon said, but you better keep up. I'll help you, Nama, Enoch said. The four younglings snuck away from the craggy man, out the back and into the sloping hills of Adama. Icy eyes, wide with shock, pale and blubbering, the alpha trackers drugged the man on planks toward the seti, with heads held low, chanting. The four younglings hung from a father tree, watching the procession. What happened to him? Enoch yanked Nama's long pigtail just as the last scout passed. Hush! She squealed and slapped his hand. How should I know? Got too close, probably. Tubalcon somersaulted from a high branch and landed beside him. I bet I could find the Alru and bring it back. Enoch did two somersaults and swung to the ground using a vine. Not if I get it first. Tafara cartwheeled from the tree and landed on her feet. Sorry, no girls allowed in the Neshpanel, Tubalcon said, imitating her move. Wolves would tear you to bits before you cleared Avonland Forest, Enoch said. Looking for this? 
Tafara swiped Enoch's blade and held it in the sun. I can track better than both of you. Help! Nama called from the treetop. I told you not to climb. Tubokan shouted at his sister. You know you're afraid of heights. Tafara giggled. I'll get her, Enoch said, scaling back up the trunk. Nama waited with arms folded, lips pouting. See, Enoch? She dangled the tattered ribbon in the breeze. You broke it. Sorry. Enoch looked down. Tubukan and Tafara were too busy arguing to notice him. Here, use this instead. He pulled the braided band from his neck, tore a piece off, and tied it around her hair. The gold leather strip gleamed against her ebony plait. The gold band is just for sevenths, she flushed. I couldn't. If I break something, I fix it. Please, take it. Enoch wiped his sweaty palm and held out his hand. Friends forever? She ignored his hand and kissed his cheek. Friends forever. Nema climbed onto his back. Enoch, hurry up! Tafara yelled from below. They're coming! Nema jumped from the lowest branch into her brother's arms. We'll split here, Enoch said. We don't want the fathers to catch us. This concludes this chapter of Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Taken ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters of Taken on this podcast. Remember, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Please share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.